Good morning. Thank you. What a great introduction, man. I, that was good, Pastor Reese. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here this morning. Like Reese said, uh, born and raised in Mesquite. My parents are here because they still live in Mesquite. And so we're Mesquitians through and through. Um, that's right. You didn't know we were called that, did you? You're like, oh, cool, I got a new title. That's right. Um, and I love what, what you guys just said about the gathering together. It's so important. Hebrews talks about that. Never neglect gathering together. Uh, and lots of times we make the easy excuse of, well, I don't need it. And I think we forget that the church isn't always about me. But in that same passage, it says, meet together so that you can encourage one another. Because lots of times it's not that you come for you, it's you come for someone else. And if you're prayed up and you're in your word and you're ready to go, then guess what? You probably got a word that somebody else needs if you're listening to the spirit of God, right? And so I think this morning, I, I was praying last night and me and my wife were talking and I feel like the word that I wanna preach about today is disruption. Everybody say disruption. Because I think we need a little bit of disruption in our life, a little bit of disruption in our normal, a little disruption in the day-to-day, -day, right? Because so often it just begins to get mundane and we do the same things over and over and over. I remember a disruption when we were newly married, Lauren and I, um, we had bought a nice house. It was really cool. You know, we felt like adults. You know that moment when you finally feel like an adult? We had reached that, I think. We like cared about grass, uh, right? Like we got to mow the yard. Oh, let's look at a fertilizer. And it's like, why do we get excited about these things now? Right? Like it's the things uh, that the Geico commercials joke about. We can't help you uh, from becoming your parents, but it just happens. Uh, and so uh, we, we had thought we had grown up. And one morning I woke up out of bed and I rolled over and I put my feet on the ground. I wear contacts. I've got glasses. I didn't have my glasses on yet. Rolled out and I felt something weird under my feet, right out of bed, still not awake and heard a little noise, splish, splash. And I look at Lauren and she was like, what's wrong? She thought there was a snake on the ground. I don't know what she was thinking, uh, but there was water all the way in our bedroom from a pipe that busted under the sink. And all of a sudden we're freaking out and we're, I don't know what to do, right? And like we're, we are completely disrupted. When you wake up, you like to slowly get your coffee, right? No, no, no. I didn't know what to do. I'm picking up my phone. I'm like, who do I call whenever this thing happens? I don't know. We're just newly adults. Like, uh, mom, dad, who do we call? That, that, that's what happens. And that was a disruption that we like, we remember to this day, what do we do, right? But everything in that moment from that point on, was disrupted. And I believe this, throughout the Bible, there's all kinds of disruptions, right? I don't know if you remember the story of David and Goliath. Goliath was a disruption, but can I tell you there was a greater disruption with a little boy in a sling, right? Uh, you see Jesus kind of coming on the scene throughout the Bible, a disruption to lots of people's lives. He walks up to Peter and says, hey, leave your net, leave your career, leave the thing that gives you money and come with me. That's a disruption, even though I'd be okay with just, cool, I don't have to work anymore, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but, but there's all kinds of disruptions in the Bible. And I think what we realize quickly is that our God is a God of positive disruptions, Right? Moses, the burning bush was a disruption to Moses. It's just throughout every single story, you see that when Jesus comes on the scene, there's a disruption. And I think as, as just human beings, we often just think that they're always bad. But can I tell you, when you have a lens and a perspective of what God is doing in your life and what he wants to do through your life, that it can be positive disruptions. I mean, we see disruptions all the time uh, because now that uh, Blockbuster is out of business, we have to like watch stuff on, online, right? And you have to rely on your Wi-Fi. So sometimes you get that little buffering wheel and you got to wait. That's a disruption. Can I tell you, when you're waiting for that next episode of something and you see that little spinning wheel, you're just like, no, I got to know what's next, Right? It's the worst. It's the worst. We, we see all these kinds of disruptions. Uh, who has kids in the room? Anybody got kids? 
Yep. So, so now, like old days, it was, you'd play video games and you could hit the pause button, right? Hey, dinner's ready. Hit pause. You guys remember that button? Pause button. Well, now everything is online and you can't pause live games, right, Pastor Reese? Like, it's like I'm playing somebody from another state and you're yelling at your kids like, no, mom, this is life or death, right? And you end up being a disruption to your kid's game because there's no such thing as pause. And so this morning, I just want to talk about what disruption looks like when it relies on God. When we trust in God, when we look at God for disrupting stuff that's going on in our life. And um, I've got two things that we say a lot. Uh, our church says this. It's one of our core, core values is that your expectation affects your experience. And this morning, I want you to begin to set an expectation for what God wants to speak to you. Because listen, I know what it's like to go to a church and for your pastor to not preach. Lots of times you're like, my pastor's not here. All right, let me see what's happening on Facebook, Right. Yeah, know, right? Come on. The young DYD, the district guy that talks to all the youth all the time, he's talking. Surely he doesn't have anything. Listen, we're going to read from the word of God this morning. You guys know the word of God. And it says, when you read from this, it will not return void. So there's going to be something for you today if you set your expectation. The second thing that we say is a quiet church is a dead church. If you've got life, if you've got breath, then you make noise, right? And so this morning, man, let's, let's talk about it. Let's get excited about what God wants to do and let's be disrupted. There we go. I like it. Y'all are awake. So we're going to be in the book of Mark chapter 10. If you've got your Bible, you can turn it on. Uh, some of you've got the physical Bible. Look at that. Praise God. Some of you got, there we go. I see them. Yeah, they're coming out the woodworks. Mark chapter 10 in verse 46 is where we're going to start. And this is a story about a name, uh, a guy named Bartimaeus. Um, nobody's name is Bartimaeus in the room, correct? I feel bad for Bartimaeus. That's just a rough name, but uh, I just wanted to make sure nobody else was named that in here. Uh, we're talking about Bartimaeus, and it says that in, uh, in the story here, he is a, a beggar. He's a blind beggar. And back in the Bible times, people would wear clothes that represent their status in life. And so we know that in the story, as as you're walking through town and you see somebody with a specific coat, okay, you're a beggar. Okay, you're of royalty. Oh, you're working for the government. Oh, you're in the military. What you wore was a sign of status. And so we know that Bartimaeus was a beggar. He has a coat that was given him by the government. Here you go. You, you don't have enough money. So here's this sign or representation of who you are and what you can do, all right? And so just for a little context of where we're going, we see this in verse 46 that Jesus comes on the scene. And I'm going to read it and you can follow along with me. Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 46. It says, As Jesus was leaving the town of Jericho, trailed by his disciples and a parade of people, a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting alongside the road. This is important. When he heard that Jesus, the Nazarene, was passing by, he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus, mercy, have mercy on me. And many tried to hush him up, but he yelled, all the louder. Son of David, mercy, have mercy on me. Verse 49, Jesus stopped in his tracks. Call him over. So they called him. It's your lucky day. Get up. He's calling you to come. So throwing off his coat, he was on his feet at once and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what can I do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. We're gonna stop right there. Let me just pray. God, I just pray right now that as we dig into your word, Lord, that you would reveal something new and fresh to each and every one of us. God, that we know that your word does not return void. So we ask that you would speak, Lord, a, a fresh wind, a fresh verse, a fresh insight and revelation on what you've given for us, the roadmap and your word to us. God, we love you and we thank you. And everybody said, 
Amen. I, I love this story. I think there's so many great little things that we can pick up from it. And I just kind of, again, want to set the scene for us. We, we read here that Jesus comes on the scene, but he's not by himself. He's got his disciples with him, which is at least how many people? Twelve. And then it says that there is a parade or a crowd of people, right? Big, big group of people. This is the scene. Big, loud, noisy area. And there's a blind beggar. His name is? Okay, you're awake. I love it. Uh, but even, even though Bartimaeus is blind, he still knew that Jesus was coming. How come? Because he could hear. Let me just pause. I think lots of times we hinder what God can do because of what we can't do. Uh, I'm just saying, I can't, I can't see, so I guess he can't do anything. Hey, you've got lots of senses, right? Man, you can hear God, you can see God, you can feel God. Let, let's, let's open up our mind and let God come out of the box that sometimes we put him in. And so even though he can't see Jesus, he hears that he's coming through. And so uh, I, this morning, I wanted to have a little fun with you. And I want to talk about the sounds that we respond to. You guys okay with having fun in church? I think Jesus was a fun guy. I'm just saying. Uh, so I've got a couple of sounds that they're going to play from the back. And I just, we're going to talk a little bit on how you would respond to these sounds. All right. The first one is for the younger crowd. We got any students in the room? Yeah. A couple of you. Yeah. Yep. I see your hand. Yeah. I see that hand. All right. Play that first sound. Some of you may remember this sound. What is that sound? School bell, right? You know exactly what to do when you hear this sound. What do you do? You grab your stuff and you run out of there as fast as possible. I don't care what the teacher was saying. I don't care what homework she's about to sign. The bell rang and I am out of there, right? Okay, so that's good. You guys are all there. Next one. This one's fun. This is kind of a, a, a different response. Some of you would have different things. Some of you are like, hit the gas, right? Let's go, let's go. Pull over, look to the side. It's a siren. We know how to respond to that. Next one is my favorite. It's instantly childhood memories. You ready? What would you do? How would you respond? You start running, right? First to your parents, mom, I need money, I need money. And then you're running the opposite way, the ice, come back, come back. All right, that's good. Uh, next one, this is my absolute least favorite noise in the entire world, and they're always way too loud. Oh, sorry, wrong one, but this is a good one too. We can play that one. You guys know this song? The Cupid Shuffle, right? This happens at like weddings, they play it at like dances, all kinds of stuff. When you hear this song, everybody starts getting in line. So you're like, what are they doing? It's like a flash mob. And they start doing this dance and they kick in. Everybody knows how to respond. All right, go to the next one. I think this is my least favorite one right here. Just, just wait for it. It's good. All right. Everybody made that same noise. Oh, because usually it's like a hundred times louder than this. This is that fire alarm, right? It goes off and there's bright lights. It's like somebody should be warning us because we could have a seizure and the sound is so high that you're just, you're not supposed to panic, right? But then you've got these noises playing. We would definitely panic. All right. Uh, I think we got one more. This one, you, we already saw you do it and Reese uh, alluded to it. Where the Nord is, the Lord is. Have y'all heard that? where the Nord piano is, the Lord is. So we know what to do when we hear this sound right here. Oh, Jesus, we just start lifting our hands automatically, right? Worship comes on and we know how to respond. We start praising, we start praying because that's not normal. You don't just like walk into, oh, Jesus, right? But when the worship comes on, we know how to respond. You guys know how to do it, right? You would stand up to your feet, you begin to, all right, that's good, that's good. Lots of sounds that we know how to respond to, right? Babies crying. We know how to respond or we try to respond. I know there's not really a no there. Um, fire alarms, doorbells. We know to go to the door, all kinds of stuff. And so, so the question though is how would you respond 
If you were in Bartimaeus' situation, you hear that Jesus is coming by. How would you respond? Would you jump out of your seat and run to him? Out of reference, would you bow? Would you wanna ask him questions? You start getting out your phone. You're like, I wrote a bunch of questions when I met Jesus, right? Like, it depends, I think, on whether or not you know him. How would you respond? Because let me just tell you this. I don't think I know many of you in here. And so when I showed up, I didn't run over and go, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you, right? Because we don't know each other and that'd be weird. Be very weird, right? But if I know you, Pastor Reese and I, we know each other. And so I was like, hey, big Reese, how are you? And I hug him because he's like four, 14 foot taller than me. Um, but it, it, all, it all depends on whether or not you know him. Do you know Jesus enough that you would respond in excitement? Or have you lived a life that you're so ashamed of that you would hide? Bartimaeus, we, we see here, we're in Mark chapter 10 in this story. Bartimaeus knows a little bit about the reputation of Jesus. In Mark chapter one, Jesus heals a leper, a disease that is incurable, something that people are outcasted because of. He heard that Jesus came on the scene, healed somebody. He goes, hmm, this Jesus guy, kind of a big deal, Right? Mark chapter two, he healed a guy that could not walk, a lame man. Hey, stand up, put your mat down. I'm gonna heal you. This is the Jesus that Bartimaeus has heard about. He healed a man with a withered hand in Mark chapter three. He cast out demons later on in that story. He healed a woman with the issue of blood. We've heard that story. Years and years of sickness, Jesus showed up and in a moment healed her. Raised a dead man to life in Mark chapter five. I'm talking, like these things happen. Can I tell you, it doesn't go unnoticed in the towns. They may not have had NBC and uh, Fox and ABC, all those newscasts, but let me just tell you, word got around and Bartimaeus knew who was in town. He knew about the reputation of a man who could fix any problem that he had. And so Bartimaeus responded by crying out. And so Maybe this morning, there's nothing else you need to ask yourself but this, who is Jesus to you? Do you really know him? Or do you know who your grandma raised you to know who Jesus was, who your parents said he was, who your pastor preaches about? Or do you know the God who made you and created you so much that you know what his heart breaks for, that you know what breaks his heart? Do you know him in the way that he speaks to you so that you can be obedient and listen to your will, his will for your life every single step of the way. This is the relationship that God has called us to have with him, to know him personally. This is what we're all called to have with him. Something where he can speak and we respond, where he can come on the scene and disrupt whatever we've got going on because it's not our plan that matters, it's his. This is the relationship that we wanna have. And can I tell you, knowledge about Jesus is not the same as a relationship with him. And so often we've just said, well, if I learn enough, can I tell you that's not what he wants? He wants personal relationship with you. Just as much as he wants you to know what breaks his heart, he wants to know what breaks yours. He wants you to share. He wants you to talk. He wants you to cry to him. He wants you to bear it all. And so do you actually know him? Do you know that the Bible says he's healer and provider? He's comforter. He's the one that brings joy. Man, some of us in this past season, a year and a half of crazy COVIDness, right? We just need some joy. We need to be disrupted out of this like mute silence that we feel like we've been stuck in where you, everything is online and we need to be able to break free and go, God, give me some, some new excitement in my life. And that's who Jesus is. He brings that. He's our strength. He's the creator of the world. All of these things, that's who Jesus is. And we want to know him personally because you see it in Matthew uh, chapter 16, the disciples 
to Jesus. Jesus says, hey, who, who do you say I am? Oh, well, everybody says that you're this and that and that. But he says, no, no, no. Who do you say that I am? Because he could care less about what everybody else is. He wants to know you personally. And I love that Jesus wants to know us that much, that he cares. He created the world. He's got so much on his plate, but he wants to know me. Man, how special. It makes you wake up differently. It makes you go to work differently. It makes you live differently, talk differently, give differently. Because none of it's ours anyway. It's all his. And so just like Bartimaeus, we, we can't see Jesus, but it doesn't have to keep us from pursuing him. So in the story, Jesus comes on the scene and what does Bartimaeus do? He cries out. I love this point because honestly, if you can't tell, I like to be loud a little bit. Pastor Reese talked about it. Like I, I was leading rec crew, which is, just means the fun crew, people that play games, people that get loud, that kind of stuff. I'm a loud, exciting people. And so the idea of crying out is kind of exciting to me because every once in a while I like to like scream, I like to jump. I'm not gonna do it. I don't scare anybody, but you know, it's kind of fun to get loud. Anybody remember getting loud? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's good times. And so, so Bartimaeus cries out. He gets loud. Uh, and I think it's interesting though, because so often we just want to fit in with the crowd that we're worried about sticking out, right? But here I think there's this cool, uh, this cool little rub of, do I really want people to see me and know what's going on or do I want to be changed forever? Because honestly, I'm willing for everybody to know my junk if I get to meet him. If I'm getting healed, who cares who knows? Everybody should know. And so Bartimaeus, he has this moment of, of boldness, this moment of, uh, of courage where he just comes out of his skin and says, Jesus, right? I need you. Come and, come and see me. I, I need you right now, right here. I've got issues. Jesus, Jesus. He responded because he knew who he was and he began to cry out. Man, are, are you willing to be embarrassed if it means getting to see Jesus? Are you willing for people to look at you funny? Because I can just imagine in that scene, blind beggar dude over here is just going crazy, right? And everybody's just hurry, 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 hey! Just screaming up a storm. He didn't care what it looked like. He didn't care what other people thought. And honestly, he wasn't sitting over here waiting to go, well, but hope Jesus stops for me. So, so many times, well, if Jesus wants to heal me, he'll do it. Well, if Jesus wants me to do something, then he'll, can I tell you, sometimes he's willing, waiting for you to go like this, That's right. Yeah. right? Just take that step of faith, to step out of your comfort zone, to say, hey, here I am, I'm willing, I'm ready. But so often we're just stuck back here, usually mad at the world, mad that he had anything. Can I tell you, sometimes you've got to learn to cry out. And cry out doesn't mean get loud. I know I'm joking about being loud. Sometimes it means just that step of faith. It means getting to know him better opening your hands. God, here I am willing, right? Whether that's with your time to serve, to give financially. We just talked about giving the offering. Sometimes we go, oh, no, no, no. All they want is money. All... Man, God gave you it all. Why are you being stingy with something that's not yours, right? But if we would open up and be willing and we begin to cry out in our own way, then something different can happen. Just like I said, when a flood happened in our house, can I tell you, I did not call our dentist. I didn't. Didn't call our doctor. I didn't call 911, even though I almost did. I wasn't sure what to do because we don't cry out for people that can't help us. And sometimes some of us have taken that step of crying out, but maybe we've cried out to the wrong people. And it's time to reevaluate who we cry out to.
We look to our friends. Not a bad thing. It's good to have friends, right? Uh, We look to our family, our parents. We look to the people that, that we've known for a long time. We look to coworkers. We look to all these people. Can I tell you, there's one person at the end of the day that you've got to learn to cry out to every time. It's the one that made you, the one that knows you, the one that knows the plans that he has for you, it says in Jeremiah, that we would cry out to him. We'd say, God, what is it that that I can do. God, here, here's my need. God, here's, here's everything that I am. I'm crying out to you. But we've got to stop being worried about what the world says, what the world thinks. And we've got to be willing to take that step of faith and really cry out. And I, uh, we've got a sound, another sound effect. I want to use it real quick, just because I love, I love what happens. We set the scene again. We said there's at least how many disciples? 12 and then a big crowd of people, right? And so in this scene, it's probably a little bit noisy. Is that loud enough? And it says that they're in this big, big area and everybody's going through. And again, I think so many of us, we see Jesus. You see me, Jesus. But in the scripture, it says that Bartimaeus cried out, not whispered out. Jesus. Everybody said what? He's too busy. So what did he do? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And my favorite part of the story, Jesus stopped in his tracks. Jesus stopped in his tracks. I think Jesus stops for you when you stand for him. The maker of heavens and earth, the one who's probably on his way to go do another miracle, stopped. Why? Because someone was willing to cry out, to stand out from the crowd, to do something different, to take a step of faith, to trust in him, even if he doesn't know that he can fix it. I think sometimes that holds us up. Well, maybe my need's not big enough. Well, what if he doesn't do it? Guess what? It's not on you to do it. It's on him to do it. So just take that step of faith and trust him anyway. He stopped. He stood still so that he could meet him. And the saddest part of the story, we just talked about it. There's so many people, the first time he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. What does everybody do? Shh, hush, hush, hush. Can we be reminded of the people following Jesus, who the hushers are? How many? 12 disciples at least. And a crowd of people following Jesus. I would say that this room could be considered a crowd of people following Jesus. Can I challenge you, never be a husher? Find people, found, find people, right? Man, if you've been found by God, you better go help find other people that are in need. It's the saddest part of the story. Shh, he's too busy. Shh, he's doing other things. Shh, don't worry about it. And they pushed him to the side. Can I tell you, God wants to use you in other people's lives. We talked about the beginning. Don't neglect gathering together. Why? Because you could be helping someone else. But don't let it just be in the church. When you walk out of this place, you're probably gonna go get some food somewhere. Make sure you're aware there. How can I encourage people? How can I be ready ready to to find people? How can I be on mission every single moment of my life? Because you don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to be an eloquent speaker as we see through numerous stories in the Bible, right? That God wants to use us. And so don't be a husher. I think ordinary people try to quiet passionate people because they feel bad that they're not doing anything special with their life, Right? Man, could we be encouraging people? Can we be people that help, help lift others up? That your words have power of life and death. Man, let every word I speak be of life. 
Man, let me give people life every time I speak. And so Jesus stopped in his tracks. He stopped. I think it's so cool because, again, I, I assume Jesus is a pretty busy guy, right? And I think sometimes we get in our mind that maybe he's a little too busy for us, that our problem is too small, maybe that I've done too many bad things, that I missed this opportunity over here, or, or I know what I did last night. I, I remember what happened when I was young, right? All of these things that lots of times keep us from crying out and God saying, hey, you're never too far gone. I'm always here. I'm always ready to stop for you. And so it says that Jesus stopped for him dead in his tracks and told him to come over here. And the next thing it says, right? The people say, hey, uh, uh, man, these people, they're like off and on. Hey, hurry, he's coming, right? They're like, oh yeah, I just didn't see him. I wasn't hushing him. No, that wasn't me, right? Hey, come on, get up. It's time to go. He's calling you over. Important thing in the, in the scripture here is it says, throwing off his coat, he headed towards Jesus. You guys remember we talked about the beginning. This coat was something that was given to, to show signs of status, to, to almost show a sign of lack thereof status in his situation. Of, of maybe the names that people have called him or the things that he's allowed to identify himself, his past sin, his past uh, maybe uh, mishaps. Man, it, it was just a sign of almost baggage but it said, throwing off that baggage, he began to make his way to Jesus. I think lots of times we, we will carry those things with us a little too long. Man, when Jesus calls you, guess what? It's time to throw it off. No matter what you've been called, no matter what you feel like people have named you as or the things that, of your past, man, to throw them off. I love that. I think you could preach a whole, a whole sermon just on that, throwing off that coat. Because so many of us, we've let people identify who we are instead of letting Christ Man, that he's given you a name. He's created you with a purpose. Throw off that stuff of the world and begin to walk towards him. Because all, let's be honest, all those possessions, all the things, all the, all the things, it's garbage. That's what it, it literally says that Philippians 3.8. I once considered these things valuable, but knowing Christ, these are all garbage. In, in the original Greek, it actually says dung. This is poop. Can I say that on the mic? That the things of this world are poop. They're dung, they're garbage. And so throwing these things off is what he did. And he began to walk towards Jesus. And I think this is, this is the funniest part of the story to me is uh, he throws off his coat. At least 12 disciples, big crowd, right? Big crowd. I'm assuming Jesus has passed by and this is one of those turnaround moments. And there's somebody way back here. You, Jesus, he stops for him. He says, hey, yeah, you come over here. Can we think for a second? Blind man, can't see, big crowd. Do you think he just like threw off the coat and was like, dun, 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 Jesus, right? Probably not. What was the scene? Hey, somebody, let me help you up, right? Lead him this, hey, scoot out of the way, scoot out of the way. Probably pretty evident that he can't see, right? And this is what I call savage Jesus right here. He walks up to Jesus, probably takes a second. And Jesus says, Savage Jesus. Jesus says, hey, what can I do for you? You get what I'm saying? Savage. Like, he, he, what do you mean, Jesus? Like, I just had to be helped all the way over here. My eyes are probably a little glassy. Like, I can't see, right? Hey, but what can I do for you? But I think it's so important what happens right here. 
is that Jesus makes him name his need. Jesus has him name his need. Is it because he didn't know? I don't think so. Was he too busy that he just didn't see him coming? I don't think so. I think it's because what you don't reveal can't be healed. I'll say that again because it's good. What you don't reveal can't be healed. That there's a point in each and every one of our lives where we've got to really get out of our own way and say, God, here's the issue. But it's hard sometimes because sometimes we don't want to admit it to ourselves. Sometimes we're embarrassed by what it is. Sometimes we're just in denial. No, 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 that's not me, right? (laughs) No, I didn't yell at my wife. (laughs) That was somebody else. We we get in a little bit of denial of what we have done, about, about what we haven't done, about what we do need, what we don't need. Why? Because we think we're good enough. It's the same reason sometimes we don't pursue God like we should. We really pursue him when we need him. But when life's going pretty good, oh yeah, I forgot to read my Bible today. It's not, not a big deal, right? But when we need him, we're going, God, give me any word, a word, some word, any, right? But, but when we're doing good, sometimes it's tough. But every one of us, we've got something going on. We've got something in our life. We've got some kind of need, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, emotional, there's something that has kept us from being as close to God as we should be, as we could be. About hearing him as well as we can about being obedient. There's things that keep us and hinder us. And this is why we need to be disrupted. Because sometimes we just get okay with not being okay. Well, it's just always gonna be like this. Guess there's there's no hope. Doesn't get any better. I'll always feel this way. I'll always look this way. I'll always do this. I'll always be tempted in this way. When Jesus disrupts, he brings hope. He brings love. He brings healing. I didn't read the very last part of this this scripture, but it says, what can I do for you? Jesus says, right? And the blind man says, I wanna see. And so Jesus says, on your way, your faith has healed you. And in that very instant, he recovered his sight. I think it's interesting also that Before he was healed, he threw off his coat. Claimed it. I'm done with this. Here I come. Haven't been healed yet, but here I come. I'm ready. Why? Because it says his faith healed him. That's interesting. But I do want to say this. Sometimes our healing doesn't always look like what we expected. Sometimes God wants to use some things that you've got going on in your life to help others. That sometimes he wants you to learn how to persevere even when it's tough. That's what Paul says. Man, I've had good, I've had bad. I've had money, I've had little. All these things. What I've learned is to be content, right? I've learned to be okay even when everything doesn't seem to be okay. But I keep pushing forward. I keep having faith. I keep trusting in him because I know I need forgiveness because I know I need courage. I need belief. Man, God, give me belief because I've been lacking in having that faith. Lord, man, I've been impure. Give me new purity. God, I feel hopeless. Give me hope. Man, I feel rejected. God, show me your love. I haven't been happy. God, give me your joy. 
that each and every one of us, we, we need something, but man, what you don't reveal can't heal. God, here's my need. Here I am. Here's all of me. Why? Because he doesn't know it? No, because he wants us to admit it. Here's all of me. I'm not hiding anything from you, God. Which would be silly too. He knows it all. God, here I am. I think sometimes we're worried about giving that stuff, right? We're worried. Well, what if he doesn't take care of it? Well, what if this doesn't happen? First Peter 5, 7, give all your worries. Cast all your cares on me. Why? Because I care for you. And I think when we understand the love of Jesus and the love that he has for us, then we stop worrying about what we give him and we start worrying about how we live for him. God hears it all, have it all, right? We talk about it in tithe. God hears 10%. Really, man, God, here's 100%. How much do you want me to give you? Oh, okay, only 10? Oh, you want me to give 15 this month? Okay, right? Like, God, here's my life. Here's my Monday. What do you want me to do with it? Here's the whole day. I know I had this plan, but if you want to change anything, here I am. God, here's my kids. I know they've been going this way, that way, every way. Show me what to do. How can I lead them? How can I pray for them? God, here's my job. Here's the, the lack of security that I feel in a job. God, here's my unemployment. Please help me find it. God, he, here's every single part of my life. Here's my need. Here's my sickness. Here it all is. I put it all out for you. Would you have your way in it? Would we learn that his disruption can change our lives? That if we walk in faith, that if we walk naming that need, crying out every single day, God, here it is. God, I'm ready. God, what do you want today? Hey, you see me? I'm over here hurting. I'm ready to walk for you. I'm ready to run for you. I'm ready to stand for you. God, here I am. I threw it all off. Here's my coat. Here's my baggage. I'm ready to live for you. When we look through the problem, through the lens of Jesus as our solution, man, they don't seem very big problems anymore. That if we have the faith, the trust that he can, even if he doesn't right now, man, it's so much easier to walk in. And so this morning, I, I want us just to have a, a moment to respond. And I don't think there's anything specifically that I, I haven't felt anything as, as, we're, as we're here together that God said, hey, say this or you know, pray for that. Man, if you've got a need of any kind, could we pray for it? Because I know what we did a second ago. Hey, if you have a need, we raised hands and we prayed for it. But I think again, some of us were sitting over here. It's not that big of a need. It's been a need for a long time. It's not, not really even a need anymore. It's just a problem. Oh, maybe it's not even a problem. It's just normal. We've all got something. We've all got something that we need to give to God. We've got, all got something that we know keeps us from being as close to him, from knowing him like what we talked about, something that keeps us from crying out like we should. Some of us, we have a pride issue. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna let them see me hurt. I'm not gonna let them see that I'm not in full control. Right? So this morning, I just want us, if, if you wanna bow your heads, you can do that. Before we go anywhere, let me just, I mean, God, would you speak this morning? If there's anybody in this room and you'd say, I don't know Jesus. I don't know him as my personal Lord and Savior. I don't know him as the one that came and saved me. I, he hasn't disrupted my life yet. It is still just chaos. But today you wanna give your life to Christ for the first time. God, here, here I am. Here I am. I'm ready to give you my whole life. I'm ready for you to have it all. I can't control it. 
I've got baggage. I've got these coats on. I've got all the things that people have given me and called me and named me. But today you'd say, hey, I'm ready to throw all that off. I'm ready to give Christ my life, my all. You just raise your hand. No one's looking around. Anybody in the room? Give my life to Christ today. Yep, I see your hand. Yeah, you can put it back down. Praise God. Anybody else? Praise God. I believe that, that we're called to do life together, that no one's called to walk alone. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna say a prayer together with everybody in the room. There's nothing special about the prayer. There's special about the meaning. It says in the Bible, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died on a cross for you, that you will be saved. And so everybody in the room, could we just repeat this prayer? Dear God, thank you for saving me. I know I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Right now, forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins. Today I cry out, heal me. Here's my whole life. I wanna live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate real quick? Woo! Hey, the greatest decision you could ever make in your whole life. But again, nobody walks alone. That this, this, is, this life is called to be done together that we meet together, that we pray together, that we bear one another's needs, that we carry them. I love the book of Acts where it says that the church came together and they sold anything that they needed to provide anything that was needed. I think the same thing is, is possible with our lives, that we would give anything needed for those that are around us. Any time, any money. Last thing I wanna do before we're done, man, could we just spend some time crying out to God? Again, it doesn't have to be loud, but there may be somebody in this room where you're saying, for me, it needs to be loud this morning. And can I tell you, there's not a person in here that will judge you. If somebody's in here, you say, I need, I need forgiveness and I've been holding on to it so long and you need to yell the word forgiveness. Praise God. If there's some, someone in here, maybe that you've been dealing with that pride we talked about and you're literally just going, God, I, I need to stop being worried about what people think. Stop being worried about control. I need to give it to you all so that I'm not a husher, so that I'm not worried about what I can do, but God, I give you it all. Can we just take some time to do that? The band is gonna play. They're gonna sing. If you wanna stand up, if you wanna find a spot at your seat and you just wanna begin to pray, I'll, I wanna pray for us. And then we're just gonna go into a time of response that we would cry out to God this morning. God, here's my need. God, here's, here's the thing that I'm struggling with. Here's the thing that's keeping me from you. Let me pray. God, right now, we just surrender to you. Lord, we know that none of us are perfect, that we all have issues. We all have sin in our life. We've got need, Lord, and that we all need to cry out. So God, I ask right now that you would reveal to us what that need is. Lord, that you would open our eyes. Some of us, we don't have to ask. We don't need to look long. We know the thing that's keeping us from you, that's keeping us from obedience, that's keeping us from closeness, that's keeping us from going and finding other people. So God, right now, Lord, that you would open our eyes so that we could cry out. And more than that, that we could give you those needs. Lord, that we would lay them aside, that we would throw them off to walk in your full goodness, to walk in what you have for us and what you've created for us. Lord, in the plans that you've made for us and for those that we are around. God, that you would give us, Lord, a new assignment daily to chase after. Lord, that you would help encourage us, Lord, to be excited about what you're doing, the newness that is to come. Lord, that you would uh, give us a newfound passion, a newfound joy. God, that you would give us a new excitement of living for you because this life with Christ is not meant to be dull, but God, as you disrupt us, that we would be agents of disruption, that as we would walk into the places
places that you call us to go, Lord, that it would erupt things of this world. It would shake them, rattle them, and that we could break down barriers and walls that have hindered people from knowing you. God, that you would right now fill us with a boldness and a courage to stand up for you, Lord, to cry out for you, and more so, God, to cry out for others. Lord, that we would care enough about lost souls that we wouldn't be okay with standing on the sideline. Lord, that we would not hush a single person, but God, that you would restore to us, Lord, the newfound passion of finding people, of saving souls, that we would bring the good news, that we would share the gospel, that we would give them the news that Christ died but was resurrected for our lives so we could have eternal life. God, right now, Lord, that you'd help us to cry out. Come on, if you're in this room, you need to cry out. Go ahead and start doing that. If you want to stand up and worship, if you want to bow down at your chair and do it, come on, let's respond. A quiet church is a dead church. Don't be scared this morning. Come on, Jesus, we need you. God, take it all. We cry out to you. God, take my pain. Lord, I pray, take my, my sickness right now. Lord, we pray for healing. God, take my anger. Lord, we ask for you right now, Lord, to move in this place. Lord, soften our hearts to hear from you. Open our ears so that your voice would be clear. Lord, give us a boldness to walk out in faith the things that you are speaking to us as you called us. Lord, as we've cried out, as we've named those needs. Lord, as you know us so intimately that we would grow closer to you. Lord, I pray for a new passion to seek your face. Lord, that we would chase after you. Lord, that we would never, never feel uh, complacent or like we know enough of who you are, but God, that we would seek your word. Lord, that we would dive into prayer in a new way. Lord, I pray for a new expectancy in this room right now. Lord, that we would expect you to move in new ways. Lord, that we are looking forward to something new and something fresh. Come on, a couple more minutes. A couple more minutes. Let's cry out. Jesus. Lord, break our hearts for what breaks yours. Open our eyes to see what's going on in this world. Lord, the pain and the hurt. Lord, help us to pursue those that feel lost. Help us to pursue those that feel betrayed and rejected. Lord, that we would bring them the good news. Jesus. Lord, I pray you'd break off chains of bondage and addiction. Jesus, right now that you would destroy things that have held people down. Lord, that you would throw them off. If there's someone in the room that needs to throw those things down at the front, man, the altar's open. You can come and lay something physically up here. God, for those that are brokenhearted, we pray for a mending of hearts right now. Lord, that you would heal broken hearts. Jesus. Lord, for wayward children. Lord, that you would give us a new passion to pray for them even more fervently. Lord, that you would help us to surrender them to you, knowing that we aren't in control, but you are. God, that right now you would just birth, Lord, a, a new fire inside of us, something that would engage us in a new level, Lord, for your will for our life. Lord, that we would care more to know you personally. Jesus, Lord, that this passion and this pursuit that we're in right now, that it wouldn't die as we walk out the door, but God, that it would be revived as we sit in our car, as we go to lunch, Lord, as we go to bed tonight, that we, you would just stir up our hearts, that we may have trouble sleeping because you're speaking. God, that you would put something new in us. Lord, we ask that you would challenge us in new ways. Lord, help us to chase what you've got going on. Help us to see everything that you're revealing to us as an invitation to be a part of your plan for the entire world. Lord, that the kingdom of God, Lord, wants to grow daily, and our, your plan is us to be used by you. 
Lord, that you would challenge us. Jesus. Jesus, we ask for your presence. Come on. Lord, speak, Lord. 